Paul, an ambassador, that he may speak boldly as an ambassador. <clears throat> when I look at different ambassadors from other countries, particularly those that don't have the same worldview or cultural background as Australia, and they're in our country and they're trying to justify something that we plainly see as wrong, you feel for them, but they have to stand up for their country and what it believes or what it spouses. Especially, I saw a Russian fellow trying to do that this week. <laughs> Not doing a very good job. <laughs> it just wasn't convincing for us. <clears throat> but we are ambassadors. And we are to speak boldly as ambassadors. And one of the most important officials in the Roman world was an imperial legate, they called them, imperial legate, one of the emperor's personal representatives. And the legate lived in an outpost of the empire that had been captured by, as it was in Rome, and they were to impose the wishes of the emperor on the people who were under captivity. Now that's sometimes hard because you can get a lot of rebellion if you haven't got a lot of force to make it stick, what you are trying to make the people, local people do. Um, <clears throat> but they enforced imperial policy. A legate was directly accountable to the emperor. The lesser officials were responsible to the legate. He was an ambassador, that's the word that is used here. The word translated ambassador in Ephesians 6.20 is presbuo, which means an emperor's legate. Legate. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word and that we here, uh, probably all, are ambassadors, legates. We have a commission and a responsibility to tell of our country to which we belong. We are to tell the people what the sovereign God of the universe desires upon this earth. And right now it is to repent and be born again and saved. And Lord, we're not preparing a kingdom. You'll do that. But we are winning people to you. And I pray that we might be endeavouring to do that in our lives. Bless the message tonight and bless the prayer time as has been prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> and so Paul was and we are ambassadors, legates. <clears throat> and Paul had done a wonderful job at being exactly that, a representative of heaven, hadn't he? <laughs> well, where'd he gone? Well, well, better said, where hadn't he gone? Well, he hadn't gone to Tarshish, he hadn't gone to England, <laughs> and those countries were were out there out in the fringes of humankind at the time. But he'd gone round the, the known world <clears throat> in cities after city and place after place. Athens, Antioch, you know, two Antiochs. <laughs> Philippi, Corinth, he'd gone over there. And Crete, all the different, the island of Crete, he'd, he'd been there. And so he's Christ ambassador and he really wrought havoc in Satan's kingdom <laughs> and control of mankind. This is a new thing. This is the gospel going out, and Paul's an ambassador for it. He knew he was appointed. He particularly had that. 
and uh, just studying all the problems Paul had in all the different sections of Scripture all day today. And uh, it, all the problems didn't stop him, then it spurred him on. <laughs> Most of us would have quit when, you, when we go through that on a Sunday morning, the next couple. You, we would have just thrown in the towel and said, no, too tough, too hard. Paul didn't. He was going to be ambassador. And uh, <laughs> here, he's an ambassador in bonds. That doesn't sound very good, does it? If you're an ambassador, you go out and tell, you know, you go around, you represent your country in the country where you are. And here he is in bonds. But still, he was going out. He was going out through letters. He's going out through prayer. He's going out in the court of, of um, Nero at the time, uh, witnessing to them as we testified last week. And so <clears throat> every time Paul moved, he heard the chain rattle that tied him to <laughs> the opposition, the enemy, but he certainly witnessed to these soldiers. It'd be interesting to know how many are in heaven because of that. He's going to be an ambassador to everyone that he would listen. They had to. And uh, next shift come on, <laughs> you got Paul. <laughs> I wonder if they were all fighting to get to, put, to be tied to Paul for the night or whether they were saying, no, no, please send me someone, someone else. I want to be chained to a different bloke tonight. <clears throat> anyway, he was an ambassador speaking of the Lord Jesus. Would to God there are more true ambassadors for Christ around today, even if we're in bonds. <clears throat> Paul asked the Ephesians and others to pray for him. And the bond thing, the being bound, was a common thing. He was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And they prayed that this wouldn't hinder the gospel going out. We don't understand exactly how prayer works. We know it works because we pray and, and think God answers our prayer. A brother praying for me and I don't know even about it or a sister praying away, away somewhere else for our needs can lift our spirits here in our home, in our church. And we can pray for others that we, they don't know we're praying for them. And God can do that in the life you see through the Holy Spirit minister and answer that prayer it's a wonderful thing that we have access to the throne room of God and uh, to be a ambassador for him when God who knows all things like Romans 8 explains you know he knows what is in the mind of the spirit he knows our heart and he's able to take that prayer the spirit of God and put that together to come before God with that prayer <clears throat> through the Lord Jesus Christ and knows the whole all the circumstances our prayer mightn't be proper. Our prayer might be uh, not as it could or should be, but he is able to put that so that God hears. Now, going back to this, and, and God answers. God <laughs> gives what's needed to the person. As we are reminded of different missionaries tonight, we can pray for them and their needs. Might not know we're praying for them, but they, through the Spirit, can sense that the Lord is answering it. And when you minister, that you sense that, yes, this service has been prayed for, or there's opposition. You can just sense, know there's opposition to the message when you're preaching. Sometimes it's written on the faces of people. <laughs> I pray that it doesn't do that, but it is, and they are opposed. And other times it's, it's been taken in, but you can sense the opposition, you can sense the spirit working when that opposition is not there. 
Let's go back <coughs> to Romans 6. That utterance may be given unto me, that I may make open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, of which I am an ambassador in bonds, that in this I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And twice he's requesting that he may speak boldly. Just going through a few verses. <clears throat> Proverbs 28 verse 1 reads, The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. <clears throat> the wicked get the wheelies <laughs> and uh, they run, they flee. It's like, who were we considering the other night? Was it Amalek? Two nights ago in the Tuesday, anyway. The enemy of Israel, Gideon. Yeah, Gideon. <laughs> and uh, the 300 men. If it had been daytime and uh, they looked up and oh, there's only a few of them. Thousands of us, we're no worries. But at night time, when they broke the pitches and the held the torches up they thought they were absolutely surrounded by all Israel and they started killing each other and they, were, they fled when no man was pursuing in fact Gideon and his men didn't even have swords <laughs> I was looking at that last night they got some swords from the enemy when they went down to camp they killed each other <clears throat> but folks bold as a lion <laughs> doesn't mean brash it doesn't mean rude it means bold as a lion when we are testifying for the Lord, that boldness might be given. And I was looking for that reference and I found one in Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 8. Just before I left tonight, because it came to mind, this is in Zechariah 12 and verse 8. And in that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and he that is feeble among them, at the day, at that day, shall be like David. It must have been like it said in Proverbs. He he was uh, bold as a lion. And the house of David shall be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them. Why they just fight? They've got no fear. They they know they're on the winning side. They know the Messiah is just turning up, about to turn up if he hasn't already at this time in that prophecy. And they are bold as a lion. And uh, it shocks the enemy when somebody is like that. It was um, when Bathsheba was captured and then the Australians were going on to capture, going to Jerusalem with the English there. There was uh, the Turks, the Turks were there and a couple of Australians come upon some Turks and captured them and they threw down their arms, saying, you know, shouting about the multitudes that are following them. There's only two of them. And they captured about a thousand Turks. It was just two of them. Had them all disarmed. But they just, what do you call that? Not fudge your way in. Eh? <laughs> bold, as a, bold as a lion. <laughs> they knew the Turks had the willies. <laughs> they knew the Turks. Yeah, oh, there, there's some guys coming. <laughs> what had just happened at Beersheba surely would have shook them up. I, <clears throat> let's be as they, who even in a secular battle, the Lord was in that too. Don't back off. <clears throat> Don't back off. Have tenacity. Uh, the, the word doggedness uh, comes to mind. You know, <clears throat> and it's like some certain sorts of dog, they grip on and won't let go. I don't want to be bitten by one of them. Huh. Acts chapter 13. 
Let's look here. Acts 13. verse 44 down to 47 and the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God but when the Jews saw the multitude they were filled with envy and didn't like that the disciples could get so many people listening and they were filled with envy and spoke against those things which were spoken by Paul contradicting and blaspheming then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said it was necessary that the word of God should first be spoken to you, but seeing he put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have, I have set thee to be a light to the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard it, they were glad. They, they spoke boldly. They weren't going to be pushed around by these people. They'd had it enough and they'd heard it enough that they were bold to speak the truth. And Gentiles were glad. And I think the apostles were glad they stood boldly and uh, preached the word of God without fear or favour. Like Peter, in the two times we looked at the sermon, where two sermons he preached early in Acts on Sunday. Philemon, <clears throat> verse 8. Wherefore, of this one written, Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is meet. He was requesting <coughs> that Philemon take Onesimus back as a slave that had run away. He said, I'm bold in doing this. This is not the norm. This is not what's norm. You know, when we go out as an ambassador for the Lord... There's not going to be regularly the normal way of talking to people. They're not normally used to somebody talking about the Lord to them. And uh, they're a bit shocked. And here Paul was talking to his brother in the Lord. You know, you owe your own life to me besides. And so in personal counselling, Paul was bold in Christ. Pray for the preacher that that, that, that that might be so. Bold to preach and teach the truth. There can be a tendency to back off, trying to be gracious in counselling, and sometimes you can't do that. You must say it as it is. Pray for that. Pray for not only in preaching <coughs> and personal counselling, but in personal witnessing. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 4 reads, And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear <clears throat> we might say as one has said and others feeding off each other in our testimonies and this is much more bold they saw Paul in prison it did, did it say oh what would we think <laughs> leaders in prison if I go out and say, say, do what he did, what's going to happen to me? I'm going to be put in prison too. Is that what they thought? Is that what they did? No, they didn't. <laughs> they went out and were much more bold. When Paul was there to speak the word without fear or favour. <clears throat> I remember, I think it's in that reference there, that some preach Christ of contention, supposing to add affliction to my bonds. 
and others didn't. And Paul said, whichever way Christ is preached, if they're taking advantage of me and my imprisonment, fine, get the gospel out. He's not, he's done, he didn't believe in compromise, but he said the gospel's going out and that I am pleased with. And so in personal witnessing, they were spurred on by others' boldness. Um, 2 Thessalonians, we can turn to this one, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 2. <clears throat> Ambassadors that are bold. Huh. 2 and verse 2. That ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Sorry, that's Second Thessalonians, I was supposed to be in first. First Thessalonians 2 Thessalonians 2.2. It had the thought there, but the word wasn't. But even after we had suffered before and were shamefully treated, as ye know, at Philippi, we were bold in God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. And looking at the five or six sections as are today, <clears throat> that was Paul, you think, you know? He's just been beaten. You've just been whipped. You've just been shipwrecked. Take a break. <laughs> no, not Paul. Just dove in and went straight for the next town. And so here, when we're shamefully treated at Philippi, we're bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel. It got to a point where <clears throat> the uh, Jews were running ahead of Paul to the next town to warn people not to listen to them and to get people, the Jewish people particularly, offside uh, against the gospel but we were bold to speak the truth and uh, I think it's 16 times you find where Paul went to a town and he went to the synagogue straight to the synagogue witnessing to the Jew first and then usually got kicked out or thrown out of town even or kicked out of the synagogue then he went to the Gentiles and they were glad to hear the word as we read before but his boldness how many will be heaven as a result of Paul's boldness, not just the ones he directly won to the Lord being as bold as he was, but all the other people that won by them and the church that, churches that grew from that, the boldness of Paul. What about our testimony? Does it go out too because of our boldness? So in persecution, let's be bold. <clears throat> John's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 25 and 26. Then said some of them uh, of Jerusalem, Is not this he whom they seek to kill? But lo, he speaketh boldly, and they say nothing unto him. Do not the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ? Oh, I would have stirred them up. But they, the, who was it doing? The Lord. He spoke boldly. Isn't, the one, isn't this the one the rulers want to kill? Isn't this the very Christ? Howbeit we know this man from where he is, but when Christ cometh, no man knoweth from where he is. I ain't got that wrong. <laughs> but <clears throat> Christ spoke boldly, and no one said unto him. You know, when somebody stands up and speaks boldly, if it's, even if it's a wrong cause, what do you sort of do as a 
human being, you sort of, hmm. it, you, you sort of back off and say, he must be right. He's so adamant about it, he can't be wrong. <laughs> but are they? Very often wrong. <laughs> they, it, just because they're bold. But for the Christian to do that, it's not wrong. <laughs> He's speaking the truth. And it can set them back on their, on their feet. <clears throat> They're just reading an article today about which is one, is it satin with the rings around it? And uh, when they sent the satellite thing up there and got close to it and took pictures and looked at the rings, they couldn't believe how clean they were. They're supposed to be really dirty because there's billions of years of dust on them and they were real clean. And so they had to start explaining. And they were all icy. They were more ice than, than dirt. And they, <laughs> they, <coughs> and, the, and the evolutionists boldly say, oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And the Christian can say, no, your own theories have proved you wrong again. And uh, many, many things, even the, even the dirt in the sea, the, the latest articles dealing with the, these things and, of creation. And the, it should have all washed in after the flood, the mammoth amount of dirt that washed off the things that were raised up. But it's just not there. It's just not in the sea. It should be very deep in the deeper places, but it's, the dirt's not there. And it's all proof that it hasn't been years and years of erosion, millions and billions, as they say. But we can speak boldly. And uh, it sets people back on their feet. And, oh, I haven't thought of it like that. And Christians, let's do that for Christ's sake, for the gospel's sake, for people's souls' sake. Let's see what where, where Paul did this very thing. <coughs> Chapter 9 of the book of Acts. In verse 27, <clears throat> we read, And Barnabas took him, Paul, or Saul, and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly in Dam at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Paul had spoken boldly straight after he got saved to the people at Damascus where he was taken when he was blinded by the light. And he spoke boldly he spoke boldly for the other side just that week <laughs> earlier and here he was t testifying for the lord in verse 29 of the same chapter he spoke boldly in the name of the lord jesus and disputed against the grecians but they went about to slay him <laughs> weren't going to have him speaking this way in chapter 14 and verses 1 and 3 of the book of acts came to pass in Iconium, that they went both together in the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke that a great multitude both of Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. A long time therefore abode they speaking boldly in the Lord. Paul prayed for this. He knew he had a need to speak boldly. He, he seemed to be a bold person. But others said, well, his physical presence was weak. But he prayed for boldness. Pray for boldness for those who go out and testify to the Lord. And we've got Ephesians where we were. We left from in verse 19 and 20 of chapter 6. We won't go back there, but Philippians 1.20. <clears throat> According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I should be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ may be magnified in my body whether it be by life or by death 
we may boldly say, Hebrews 13, 6, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And so being ambassadors, let's be bold and not ashamed of the one. If we're ashamed of Christ, he will be ashamed of us. If we're afraid to speak, he does not confess us. If we confess him, he will confess us. Fear not them that kill the body. Fear him who is able to cast body and soul into hell. It says there. So we've finished that section off. Ambassadors speaking boldly for the country we represent.